0: For the gives me prosper no weapon, no weapon, no opposition stepping. Please would set me Lord my life dangerous. I read the session, no weapon, no weapon, no blizzies of Smith and Wesson. The streets don't let nobody, I promise. i protect me from the choppers the glockers, the the coppers. Please would me Lord my life dangerous. I rep the blocker. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode one oh five of All in With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis, and today's episode. I'm going to talk about the Jets' victory in Heinz Field. It feels good to say that because I haven't had many opportunities to say that since Heinz Field opened. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the Jets' victory over the Steelers in, in Heinz Field and just general thoughts about the, the, the team now, now that they're 2-2 two and two through 4 and so on. But first, again, really nice win. Um, 24 to 20 was the final score. It wasn't always pretty. Like it, I'm going to talk about Zach Wilson more than anybody else on this podcast episode. And I mean, in future podcast episodes about the jets, because he's the most important player on the team for the short term and the long term, but it wasn't always pretty. The defense for the most part did its job, um, the Jets did themselves did themselves no favors by basically giving the, the Steelers ten points with the unnecessary roughness before the half. That led to a field goal, and the the pick that went through Tyler Conklin's hands that led to a touchdown. They didn't do themselves any favors, but that was ten points. the The Steelers scored twenty. the The defense did its job by and large the entire game. The defensive line dominated, albeit a kind of poor Steelers offensive line but they dominated them the entire game. They made they made life hell for their offensive line and and Kenny and Kenny Pickett who th- the the commentators were acting like they've never seen a rookie quarterback before. It was unbelievable. When Kenny Pickett came in the Kenny Pickett came in the game, but look. Th- but back to Zach though, man. Like all right. Through 3 quarters you got a lot of the Zach experience. Like he's he's escaping pockets. Whether good or bad, some sometimes it he's escaping clean pockets, he's escaping messy pockets, he's making guys miss, he's he's holding the ball, he's trying to make plays down the field. You you saw a lot of a little bit of everything through the first three quarters. It wasn't a lot of it wasn't good. I don't think he was helped a lot by his surroundings, and I don't think he was helped by the fact that um, Mike LaFleur called plays for the most part in the game. Like, he was terrified of Zach Wilson instead of trying to help him. I don't think he helped him at all. Because, I mean, through three quarters of that game, on 17 first downs, the Jets ran the ball 12 times, I believe it was. Was it 12? Yes, 12 out of 17. Shout out to to, to uh, Zave. Could be Zave on Twitter. Shout out to him. But 12 out of 17 first down runs before the fourth quarter look, the Jets just don't run the ball well enough to be doing that. I'm not, I'm a big proponent of just putting the ball in the air. I think that's the most efficient way to go about things. But I understand game context, uh, who you're playing against, I mean, well, that is game context, but who you're playing against, you know, actual individual game context, like, oh, is my quarterback playing poorly? Is my running game working? You know, did their star interior defensive lineman lead the game in the first quarter? Stuff like, obviously stuff like that goes in. I'm not saying that you should have the same kind of run-pass game-plan portion every week, regardless. Unless you have, like, Patrick Mahomes, I really don't care how much you run the ball. But you can't say, like, all right, you're trying to make it... like The the Jets have a mismatch, you know, offensive line right now because of injuries and you got guys shifting all over the place and all that. And I understand you don't want to have Zach Wilson sit back there and drop back 50 times. And I'm not saying that that should be the case either, Okay. All I'm saying, and this is not even so much about the amount of runs versus the amount of passes, it's it's about if you're going to run every single first down, we do realize that the other team gets paid to, the other defensive coordinator gets paid to, they're going to recognize these traits, um, these tendencies. And this is not a bad defense where you could get away with it, and you're run. And this is not two thousand, the the, the two thousand ten Jets when you could get away with, hey, we're gonna run the ball. You know we're gonna run the ball. We're gonna punch you in the mouth anyway. This ain't that. So if you're trying to make the job easier for the quarterback and you are petrified of your offensive line, which is how, or the quarterback, whichever. That's how Mike Leffler coached it. Then putting him in second and eight and second and nine every possession just is not helping him. It's not. Flat out, it just isn't helping him. So, is it about the fact that they threw the ball only 36 times, uh, most of them coming in the fourth quarter? Nah, it's not really about that. I think there is something to be said for, you know, throwing the ball on first down a little bit more, being a little bit different. Like, maybe you throw the ball on first down a little bit more, you loosen up the defense a bit. Who knows? But... Putting your quarterback in second and eight and second and nine, every 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 possession is just not... Or every set of downs, however you want to put it, is just not going to help him. My back is against the wall. This is not a test. It's the real deal. Help me. Help! In the fourth quarter, Zach... Zach looked... That was the most poised I've ever seen him look. That was the best quarter I think he's ever played. But he played well against the Titans. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. I kind of feel like that Titans game... It's kind of unsustainable with how it, how it went down. Like all oh, all these, you know, running up and down, you know, pointing guys down the field, and, and you know, th- throwing deep bombs across his body and this that and third. I feel like that stuff is unsustainable. Can it be done? Yes. Can you sprinkle it in? Yes. But you can't build around that per se. Like it, it it's in him. You know, he's capable of it, and you know, if shit gets gets messy, he can pull shit out of his hat, and that's good. I, I'm not trying to say it's not. But the fourth quarter in Pittsburgh was just... Zach Wilson willing his team to a win. Simple and plain. We put a lot on quarterbacks, fair or not. Sometimes, quite frankly, we put too much on quarterbacks... And we act like quarterbacks play against each other... Which, that's kind of how... That's, that's kind of how the conversation goes... Around football these days. Like, we act like quarterbacks are the only ones on the field. Like, Brady versus Mahomes. And Brady beat Mahomes. in this, that, in the fucking thirties if they're playing by themselves... But sometimes you do need a quarterback to elevate you, period. And that's what Zach did. In the fourth quarter, Zach in the fourth quarter, Zach Wilson was, I believe, 10 for 12 for 148 yards. Um, let me pull that up. So, yeah, 10 for 12, 128 yards, excuse me, and a touchdown. Look, I don't know if Zach Wilson's good. I said this last week, say it again. I don't know if he's good. He showed a lot of promising signs in the fourth quarter after three quarters that looked a bit uneven, even if there were positives and there were negatives. I don't feel like the negatives were super glaring stuff. I feel like it's kind of just, hey, he's 22 years old. Like, like, he's 23 years old, he didn't really have a summer, he's playing his first game in Hinesfield against a pretty good defense. It, it, you know, you. it's easy to get into bad habits, like footwork-wise, and leave in clean pockets. So it, it's easy... And, and you know Skipping easy passes It's easy to get into bad habits In in these particular circumstances In this particular kind of game But The end result is part of the reason why The idea of withholding him Just never appealed to me Because it was just Oh you know Are you really going to bring him back In this first game You know, Against the Steelers On the road Against that defense In that stadium Da 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 And it's like Alright Do I understand that you don't necessarily want to put a guy who has a questionable, let's call it that, knee against that team in his first start when he might be rusty? Sure. Fine. But if you claim he is healthy, which they claim he is 100% healthy, believe that if you will, they claim he's 100% healthy and all that. Look, games like that, he's going to have to, if he's going to be the guy He's going to have to help you win games like that. He's going to have to lead you to win games like that in tough, in tough circumstances. If you're trying to, if you're trying to foresee a future with him as a championship winning quarterback or a championship level quarterback, like not all championship level quarterbacks win, but if you're trying to foresee a future with championship level quarterbacks, he is going to have to win games in adverse in adverse situations and adverse scenarios he's going to have to help you win he's going to have to lead the team out of an abyss every now and again if he's going to be that guy if he's going to be top of the line franchise i'm gonna be here for 10 15 years kind of guy he's going to have to thrive in these kind of situations so i never thought for developmental reasons for the football the football reasons are obvious joe flacco fucking stinks And he processes like a moron, despite the fact that he's been in the league for fucking 15 years and he's 37. But besides that, for developmental reasons, sending Zach out there made the most sense. You go, what if if you wreck his... Look, if his conference is wrecked by one game, he ain't in it anyway. So you might as well send him out there and and, and let's see what happens. Because he is your best chance to win. It ain't Joe Flacco. It ain't the guy who's whose teams have won like four of his last 28 starts in him right? And for all the, oh, I don't know how much difference it's going to make, uh, I don't know how much difference Zach Wilson's going to make over Joe Flacco crowd, which mostly is Jude, right? For for those people, quote-unquote people in quotes, um, the, that whole game yesterday with the offensive line in flux, And the kind of chaos that was going on in the pocket on on a given play, that is why. He was pressured, I want to say it was like half the snaps, half his dropbacks, and he got sacked once. That is the difference. Am I saying it's going to look as good as it did in the fourth quarter every week? No. Am I saying the Jets are on their way? No. Am I saying Zach Wilson's on his way? No. But this idea that the Jets shouldn't have, the Jets should have kept with Joe Flacco because he's the hot hand or... I don't really see a difference between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson for this team it was always, was always top tier stupidity. Oh, Little boy, you are, are you, t- what they say so in New York? You is you dumb? So you really think y'all were- is, is you dumb? Yep. It was never based in any kind of actual reality. Because the fact of the matter is, it, it, benching Zach Wilson for, like you're not winning anything with Joe Flacco any fucking way. And if for some reason Zach Wilson's bad enough to get benched, your bet, your best hope is that he pulls, he pulls himself together, as a guy you thought he was when you drafted him, as opposed to like if we are talking about saving jobs, as opposed to the thirty-seven-year-old guy that everybody outside of like twelve people know is bad, right? But either way, big-time game from Zach. It's nice to be able to sit here. and and talk our talk about our quarterback, because we don't get a lot of opportunity to do this as Jets fans, but he put up a four, like, that was the best quarter of his career, and quite frankly, that's the best quarter I've seen from a Jets quarterback in a long fucking time, given circumstance, and given context. The best quarter I've seen from a Jet in a long, long fucking time, and, like, he was, he, he was converting big-time third downs, tight window throws. You know, scanning the field, using his eyes to manipulate all pro safeties. It was great. It had a little bit of everything, and it was fun. Cause I mean, it's not often you get in a situation as a Jets fan, and this is not even whether you're optimistic, pessimistic. I I, I'm, I lean towards pessimistic more than anything else, but I, I kind of they've kind of beaten me into apathy, so I'm quiet about my pessimism. It's not often you, you see a Jets team get the ball back with whatever, five minutes left, four minutes left, whatever it was on the last drive, and they need a touchdown. You feel really confident that they're going to get one. When they got the ball back, like I had no doubt that they were going to score a touchdown. I don't really know why I felt that way, because their offense up until that point really was two good drives and not much else. So I'm not exactly sure why I felt that way, but I felt very confident Maybe it, was the dri- Maybe it was the fact that the drive right before that Zach looked good, he looked composed, and they scored a touchdown. Maybe that's what it was. I thought they were going to go score a touchdown. And, it, it, and they did, and it was great. Like, your heart's pumping, you know, your team is driving down to try and win the game. It was great. It was fun. It, it was fun to be a part of, and hopefully there's more fun games like that. Like, the Cleveland game was fun. But we all know why the Jets won that game, number one. And number two, n- nobody really had any, a lot of interest in watching Joe Flacco play quarterback. So, Zach Wilson doing that kind of stuff in that building, in that situation, is just fun. And hopefully it's a sign of things to come for him and the team. Um, the defense was fantastic, as I mentioned. Quinton Williams played like his hair was on fire. No wonder no wonder, Ulbricht uh, said the guy needs breaks because he's all over the place chasing guys down from a mile away all over the place, he deserves a lot of credit, the secondary was rock solid the safeties, the safeties had a rough start to the year, they played well Sauce Gardner looks like he is him, I, th- I think he was targeted like 7 times, he gave up um, yeah, he was targeted 7 times, I believe he gave up 2 catches in, in the game, something something along those lines it, it's been pretty obvious since game 1 that Sauce is going to be at the very bare minimum a good player the The way he plays the ball sometimes is a, is a little worrisome because he kind of he kind of does the face guard and reach your hand up at the last minute thing on occasion. That that's a little concerning if you really want to pick nits. But so far it hasn't it hasn't bothered him, and he's done so much else well. And uh, quite frankly, the the interception right before the final drive uh, that that put the Jets in front. I, I think Sauce su- su- successfully baited Kenny Pickett into making that stupid-ass throw on the sideline. I think he successfully baited him into doing that, which led to a game-changing interception. Because it looked like Pittsburgh was driving down to score again, and then the next thing you know, the Jets had the ball. And I think Sauce successfully baited him into that dumb-ass throw. Now, there was no reason for him to make it. And I ain't saying Sauce is no genius, but it looked like that's what he that's what he wanted to do. You wanted to bait him into that throw, and he did. So... And DJ Reed has been a a baller all year. Look, if the safeties are going to play better and the defensive line brings the same kind of juice that they brought yesterday, the Jets could contend for a playoff spot. I don't think that that's where I bet on them making it. No. But could they? Yeah. Especially if Zach is just competent. Like, I'm begging, all I'm begging for is Zach to be competent this year. I realize he's a second-year quarterback. I'm not sitting here saying he's supposed to be no top 10 guy. I'm not saying he's supposed to be no top 5 guy. Hell, I'm not even saying he's supposed to be a top 15 guy. That would be great. Oh, God, that would be great. I'd be so obnoxious if he was. But, like, if, if Zach is the 17th best quarterback in the league, but you see stuff like yesterday, you know, once a month or something like that, I could take that. That's significant improvement over last year. If he does that, and the defense, which showed significant, well-needed signs of life yesterday, and they balled. Granted, we can say whatever we want about the Steelers' offense. They did bench the bad quarterback and went with the, the 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 young guy who everybody loves, right? We can say whatever we want about their offense, but the defense showed out. If the defense does that more, and Zach does what he did more, the Jets could see themselves in in you know once again. Shout out to Zave in one of those in the hunt graphics in December they could see they could see themselves there at the bare minimum it should be more competitive than football than football we have seen from the Jets for seven years because the Jets have been consistently getting dog walked from 2016 all the way up to now and hopefully this year it's more competitive and hopefully this year's fun like above competitiveness like obviously competitiveness tends to be fun not necessarily with the Jets, because the Jets have been trying to win twenty to seventeen games my entire life. That isn't always the that isn't always um, great for the eyes per se. Isn't really great for the entertainment, but you know, just I just want fun, fun competitive football. Like I have, we haven't had both since twenty ten, and and really. The football really wasn't... Well, you know what? Nah, the Jets pulled enough games out of their ass in 2010 where I can't say that. 09 was different. I feel like 09, the quality of football was actually... Eh, like, bad offensive football, run, run, pass shit, hide the quarterback, all that shit. Like, it wasn't really it. Yeah, it wasn't really it. 2010, they did less of the hiding of the quarterback, albeit he was bad, but they did hi- less of the hiding of the quarterback and... Mark Sanchez pulled some games out of his ass simple and plain but competitive fun football is all I'm really asking for like I used to be very irrational about what I'd ask from the Jets I used to be the guy complaining about everything I'm not complaining about nothing like first of all the GM seems like he has a plan the GM seems like he has a plan that makes sense so I'm not really bashing him It seems like he has a plan that makes sense. What am I supposed to say about it? Let's see where it goes. Most of the stuff he's done, I agree with. There's been some stuff I disagree with. With any GM, there's going to be shit that you disagree with. But the process, for the most part, has been sound. So I'm not going to sit here and dunk on him. But look, man, I'm not asking for a lot. Just competitive... Fun football. Also, by the way, to throw in a little negativity because I thrive on it. <clears throat> that Jamal Adams trade. Oh, I love it so much. Because first of all, I, anybody who's listening to this know knows I don't care for Jamal Adams. That's no secret. Um, the guy is just really lame. At least the public persona is really lame. I'm sure he's a nice enough fella, whatever. Okay, cool. The public persona is extremely lame to the point where this guy got traded, and he was talking about he was basically getting bullied by by kids at a school. Like, oh, you play for the you play for the Jets, ha ha. Like, it's he's so lame. But, bro, them trading him for picks that ended up in. AVT and Garrett Wilson is my favorite trade of all time and I watched my favorite baseball team trade for one of the best baseball players to ever exist Alexander Emmanuel Rodriguez and that that doesn't do it for me the way this Jabal Adams trade does it for me and we don't as a society we don't talk about offensive linemen enough until they're either A. not doing their job or B. like Hall of Fame types we don't. There's a lot in between that, and we don't really talk about it because we don't pay that much attention to them. Let's just call it spade a spade. We don't. We don't call them. We don't pay that much attention to them, and we don't really know quite exactly what's going on in the trenches. Granted, you could say we don't really know what's going on generally. There's a lot that goes into it that we don't really know. Like you know, we learn, we read, but we don't really know what's going on. But ABT is. I don't want to say he's the most selfless player on the team because I don't don't know these dudes, but whatever they ask him to do, he does and he does it well. Bro, they asked that man to to play, to to kick out to left tackle in the middle of a game in Heinz Field and he he went out there and he played, I want to say it was like 60 snaps and he gave up two pressures and that was it. And this is a guy who, they, they drafted him as a left guard, they moved him to right guard, and now, and now they asked him to play left tackle in the middle of the game, and he said, fuck it, we ball, and then did that. And they traded a loudmouth box safety for the pick that drafted this guy and Garrett Wilson, who is basically uh, Diet Justin Jefferson. God bless Joe Douglas. On uh, that note, I'd like to implore you to listen to the Middle Initial Podcast with myself, Jude A. Jackson, and Andrew L. Case as we discuss current sports topics and watch my show on the underdog on, on the underdog network, the underdog fantasy football show. It airs 12 to 1 every Sunday with myself and Coley Mick as we discuss the current fantasy football topics and we take your start them questions for the week. Rate and review rate review and subscribe and for, for both of those shows and I will see you when I see you. on you fucking dummies. Scared money don't make no money. Scared money, don't make no money Scared money, don't make no money